Okay, ready? Yep. In this episode of The Full Nerd, huge performance boost for Ryzen. Windows 10 and your questions answered. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 106. I'm your host Gordon Ung with special guest Mark Hockman. Hi guys. Eleni on my left. Hi everybody. And of course Adam Patrick Murray controlling the horizontal and vertical. Uh, I got to warn everybody uh, today is Friday and Gordon is very salty. Uh, I think the intel rubbed off on him. They, like, maybe they sent him some no, salt. No, no, no. Salt and punch at the same time. Yeah, right. Uh, punch. And then real quick before we start, uh, I have a little bit of housekeeping uh, for all those fine people in the Discord, the Fulner Discord, which you should definitely be in on. Uh, I have now set up, well, Elena has set up a live stream notifications channel. So if you want to know I'm when we're up. going, well, you made it, I made it live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to know when the next episodes are going to be going, that's where I'm going to be putting them. Uh, so, yeah, and then you can hopefully uh, get notifications on that channel for when we go live as well. I'm not sure about it. Yeah, anyway, Whoop. trying to work it out. It's, you know, Discord, get in there, have some fun, talk with PC people. Uh, but, yeah, we, we have a... Not a crazy show today, but we, we've got some good stuff it's to Friday. talk about, right? Yeah, it's Friday. You it's got Friday. Else to talk about. It's Friday the thirteenth and a full moon, so maybe that's why Gordon's. They're uh, calling it a micro moon, micro full moon, or something. No, micro. I, I don't even know really? what that means. Yeah, it's it's the moon that's it's farther away than normal, so it will appear smaller. It's like the opposite of a super moon. Okay. Huh. So it's smaller and dimmer. Great. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Uh, let's uh, let's hop into the first one, right? Uh, your big performance boost. Yeah, I, how excited I, uh, are you? I understand there was a a, a huge <laughs> performance boost for Ryzen due to there were some complaints about uh, turbo or sorry, can't use that trademark term. Some boost clock, boost, boost clock mm-hmm. uh, inability to hit, uh, and apparently uh, AMD has released its uh, it's a GISA, which is basically their their. Their reference BIOS for all the the uh, all the board vendors, and that's mm-hmm. now trickling out to people. A couple yep. people have tested it. I think yep. I haven't watched anything. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched Steve's video from Gamers Nexus. What do you say? Uh, do you want me to summarize it really quick? <laughs> Either you or Mark, because I haven't paid. Although I did read one story, and I think it was. Uh, uh, so he so with for his testing, obviously every piece of silicon is ever so slightly different, which, which he notes at the very end of the video. But so on the thirty seven hundred X, he saw um, a consistent improvement on the uh, single uh, core boost. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually were hitting the advertised speeds. But for the 3900X, he was not seeing that consistently, although he did see a small improvement, like 25 meg- like megahertz. But that's a lot. 25 it megahertz? <laughs> I mean, 25 <laughs> megahertz. That's a lot. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> no, I just, I don't know why anybody would make a, a federal beef over. Uh, I mean, I think that he's shorting saying yes. people 25, maybe 50 megahertz sometimes. Could be 50 megahertz. I mean, we talked about this on the last show. It's more about when somebody tells you you're going to get somebody and, sorry, mm-hmm. when you're going to get something and then yep. you don't get it, it's very irritating. Mm. That's why it's always it's better. True. It's always better to underpromise, overperform. I went to McDonald's this morning and I got two <laughs> egg, egg McMuffins with sausage. And I'm not sure. They may have, like, shorted me a penny. So I said, wait. Dude, throw that penny One, away, I need man. To talk to your you manager. don't even need that penny. I need to talk to your manager right now. And I also need the number for the regional manager. And then I and need the phone manager. number for McDonald's corporate headquarters because I'm going to complain about my penny. I didn't get my sausage McMuffin with egg. Is it sausage McMuffin with so egg? Here, but here's the thing, too. If you look at the benchmarks that Steve ran, you can see not an all games and not it's not like dramatic across the board but you do see an actual boost in frames per second so i mean mm-hmm. it's not like you're not seeing some kind of improvement 50 60 frames a second maybe 100 no no i mean for most games it was like i mean under normal circumstances if it wasn't so obvious that like you just couldn't get that clock at all consistently you would actually attribute the difference to like maybe a margin of error almost because it's relatively small it's like between like one and two percent well 
2.25 or something. Yeah. Um, but there was one game I think he was testing. It was like um, Warhammer 2. I don't remember the game. 40K? No, it was huh? a total. Maybe it's total. Oh, war. total Sorry, war. Total war. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, there was actually a bigger boost in that game, in particular. But he, I think Steve was saying something like that game tends to be a little bit finicky and un, you know predictable anyway in how it reacts. So yeah. Uh oh. Uh, it looks like Mark has frozen oh, uh, man. yet again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and yeah. the look on his face is like he looks like he's baked. <laughs> Does you ever see Frankenstein's Lab? I love Frankenstein's Lab. You shouldn't Lab, say though. that. Uh, HR, could be, HR could be listening, Gordon. <laughs> what is that? Does anyone even know what that means? They would think that's like, oh, a baked Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I mean, there are baked donuts. Yeah. Oh, great. That's the Skype music. Everyone gets Sorry, to hear that horrible you know. music. Yeah. Stupid Skype. Yeah, Skype problems all... Oh, man, wait wait till we get to the uh, the Windows talk. It could be yeah. our, Maybe we just talk about Skype. It could Ooh. be our internet, too. Our internet's been very sketchy at work today. Uh, I don't know. It's my, I'm, I've been bopping back and forth between tabs, looking at this Ryzen stuff, and uh, I think when I do it, for some reason, Ryzen just freaks out. Or, I'm uh, sorry, Skype just freaks out. I mean, yeah, close so. it all. Close huh. it all down. I, well, I can't call Shut it. it I'm, looking the, I'm looking at my notes here. So. Well, I mean, I mean obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing shade at the people who... You know, made this out. I think it was blown up more than it, it could have been. It was serious. It needed to be addressed. It's something that, yeah, there are bugs when you get a new, you get a new CPU and you get forty new motherboards. Some things are going to be a little out. Uh, yeah. D- Devil May Cry on YouTube says hardware unboxed uh, has a lot of tests in a video they released today uh, and seeing is, some is, nice yeah, gains. I'm looking at tech yeah. power ups too. What? Yeah, the, I think 20%? hardware unboxed did something. I wasn't sure if. My like my video rolled over, but then I had to like move on to something else. Yeah, um, was that the one where he was talking about different motherboards and like the different BIOS updates? I, I have that? no idea. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. I'm just seeing in chat. Yeah, Tech Power Up's talking about like a 0.36 to 0.62 percent in games, yeah. like at various resolutions. I mean, that's I don't that's know. a story I read. I think. Yeah. When I, read, I, mean, I just browsed the conclusions, and it seemed like it's it, a, it's a, I mean, on the relative scale thing, it's a small uptick in performance, but I think it's, it's just that idea of getting that penny back in your palm. Oh, I know. That's why and I then call you immediately throw it to the management ground. at McDonald's. This is look, they didn't give me my penny. We'll serve it. <laughs> there was probably an honest mistake. They could, they could give you that penny. Yeah, I know, but I need to complain to you. And but I now need but here's the, the question. form to complain to the But here's the question. Would McDonald's? they have given you the penny if you hadn't complained? Because some people, your cashier might have been like, dude, it's a penny. Just go. And you've been like, no. Like, this is the principle of the matter. Give me my penny. Uh, that's and why you, I talked to the manager. That, exactly. So maybe that's the same case here. Like, no, nothing would have changed if people hadn't well, I'm thrown just, up a flag. I'm not sure if it was like, oh, hey, what's up with this? Oh, yeah. Oh, but that's, not how the internet, that's not how the internet oh, works. Oh, no, no. It was like, I need to speak to your manager right now, sir. Right now, like I'm, this is McDonald's. <laughs> Ain't no one managing anything. Are you kidding? <laughs> but I mean, it just turned into Very immediately true. turned into a federal case. I just think it was you know blown out of proportion. I and it was serious. I'm not saying you should leave McDonald's without your penny from your sausage and bacon muffin. Aren't you though? At the same time, aren't you implying that? It's just kind of like oh, let's wait a month to see if they fix it. If they don't, then okay, we can make it. Then sometimes we can make- you gotta go. The meter's running, man. Can't yeah. wait for them to like figure out. Oh yeah, well then it's just sort of like penny. yeah on the on the bulk of it, it's like oh well maybe next time they'll give me two an extra penny and then they'll make up for it. I, I just think it was kind of blown out of proportion, um, but it was serious. They have to look at it. it they should have hit it in the first place because obviously the legal implications were not good. But I just think it was kind of like blunt. I, I think the other thing that's a little bit of a bummer in all this is is it turned into all of the oh you're you're shortchanging us twenty five to fifty megahertz. And I think what was more interesting is Paul Alcorn basically said, yeah, these, you can basically, they're guaranteeing only one core will hit its boost clock. The rest of them are like, I don't know. But that's how it's always been. Well, but I think it sort of spoke to, there's just not going to be a lot of overclocking headroom. And I think that kind of like got everybody kind of like, oh, it's all about the the 25 megahertz, my penny from McDonald's. Whereas like, why is this? Remember though, it's it's a little bit more than just the the burst increased. I mean, the the, the clock increase. I mean, there's a couple of things that go with it, right? So there's the the calmer idle, which of course sort of, you know, <clears throat> shaves voltages 
not by much, but by a bit. And there's also that SDK, which allows you to monitor the, uh, yeah. uh, the, the various aspects of the processor in the future as well. I think both of those are worthy of discussion as well. Yeah, but I mean, those were probably things that were a work in progress anyway. Intel's tools for monitoring Maybe. all of yeah, the so. telemetry out of their CPUs are, are, have been pretty well documented. Everybody has access. I think AMD is a little newer. But I mean, it's good that they're they're you know they're starting from fresh. It feels like so you're getting all these tools. It would have been nice to have already. And it would, I don't know if that necessarily has something to do with the, oh my god, AMD is 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 shortchanging me on my boost clocks, which is you know they could have done that SDK anyway. They I'm, they didn't just simply do that because of this. They're just simply rolling out more tools, right? Well, the boost clocks were certainly the headline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I mean. mean that's that's, what that's my issue. Is it yeah. turned into nothing about the everything was about the boost clocks. <laughs> it was interesting actually. They talked about how they would see lower frequencies in an extended benchmark like Cinebench. I always thought it was, Cinebench is more of a bursty benchmark, but I guess I'm wrong on that. So. Well, I mean, so that's the thing too. Is like what when they say like, "Hey, we're going to give you a CPU that will hit a a boost of 4.5 gigahertz." Well, in what? I I will tell you, an Intel CPU, 4.5 gigahertz, you know, or 5 gigahertz boost on a 900K is not within AVX load. AVX, there's an offset that lowers the clock speed automatically, right? So what what does that mean? And then I the, one of the challenges, especially for laptops, is you really only hit your turbos on very, very light loads. And so, even a single thread of Cinebench sometimes is too much for it. Sometimes it'll be you'll have to run something like you know suns you'll have to run uh, sun spider right which is like the most ridiculous thing ever but that's such a light load but you'll it'll guarantee you'll hit your your turbo clocks so I'm I'm maybe there needs to be uh, both the CPU companies need need to be a little more formal like you're going to hit these clocks under these loads or under either I, these loads that do this so this is what we're but do you reference. think their lawyers will ever let them do that because it's well, so specific. Well, then they can't like hey, you, if you I, I'm just surprised some somebody somewhere hasn't gone and God forbid I'm saying this now because it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, you say I can get a four point five gigahertz, you know, boost clock, but I can't do this running this workload for 58 hours. Right. Well, that's that's not what we mean. That, that's, you know, I mean, but I don't feel like the community's really ever gone to that extreme. The community thing. doesn't, but it's certainly somebody could. I mean, I mean but it just could, seems like but then should, the community kind of reins them back in. But at least if we have sort of this uh, reference point for what a boost, what 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 is the meaning of a boost clock? Then then it would it would kind of help people not freak out sometimes. I think. But isn't that the point of benchmarks? Really, like yeah. that's what showcases that. Well, I think the the point of contention here was that they just weren't seeing it. Like it just didn't even pop up. Well, but the other thing too is you you hit a certain boost clock, and then you roll that into fifty different motherboards. Some very expensive, very high end, great components, and some for the fire sale people, right? And it's not gonna. Hey, it quit, may not quit. Quit crapping on the budget contingent. I said fire sale. It's not the same as budget. Budget is looking for good deals. The fire sale or people who want it because like, oh, there's a fire. I don't care that it smells like fire. I'll buy it. The problem is anyway. One of the problems is when the manufacturers tell us though what we should be getting though is the implications that we don't get that we're wrong. I mean I've seen that from a couple of notebook manufacturers. Hey, under PC markers and the bad sort, you should be getting this kind of score. And if anything falls outside of that, I think that the implication that they're trying to give is that something has gone wrong, whether it's on their end with some sort of BIOS update or a driver issue, or just that we're not testing it correctly. So I mean. I think that if if Intel or AMD or anyone else publish numbers about what they expect to see in a certain workload, there's going to be a percentage of people who say, all right, if you're getting outside those numbers, then that particular publication is wrong. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's going to the right way of approaching it, but I don't know. I just I, I just I, I tend to think that sort of just letting the community go ahead and determine what numbers they get is sort of the right way to go. Yeah, but then I think the issue with that sometimes is then it gets it gets into numbers all over the damn map. Right? Which True. Happened, it's happened a lot of times in CPU reviews where somebody's up here, somebody's down here, and believe me, I've been at both ends of that. What are you supposed to believe as a consumer? You know what? Yeah, but what? But but if you get expected numbers though, doesn't it imply that you're you have to run under a certain configuration? And if you're running outside the configuration, you're outside the norm. I don't know. It just seems to yep. just seems to sort of it, it just uh, put into place. You know, certain. I don't know. It's just, it's just sort of a messy situation. Yeah, I, I I hear you, but it's sort of like for CPU review. Like I like it when they give you what's called. 
people may not know. It's called the sanity check number. Mm. You you get these parts, you put them together, you may be eating your boogers in between putting together. <laughs> and, now, but now we know what we Gordon tell does you when he tests CP. Most of the companies say you should you should hit this number. If you're not hitting this number in this benchmark, you know, there's likely something wrong somewhere, either misconfigured RAM. <clears throat> Again, you use boogers instead of thermal paste. You don't know what it is. But <laughs> Red flag, contact us if your numbers are outside. That's, so that's are you useful. saying that you want them to publish those numbers? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, publicly. Well, they are. Essentially, anything a, a, a CPU or component maker gives you is essentially published. Unless you agree to hold it. They may say, you can't publish the bulk. Like, I've gotten guides where you can't republish this. Obviously, it's our stuff. But yeah, if we're going to say you get a, you should get 100 and you get 100, and we say... You know, X says you should get a hundred. Then, you know, they can. That's fine. I think that is perfectly fine. But I, I think it's like, I, I think there should be a given, at least something what we should be shooting for. And the thing is, especially with desktop reviews, it gets crazy because you go from you know a, a stock cooler to custom loop to you know liquid nitrogen. Well, what is the meaning of cooling, right? So you, you're going to get all those different variables, and hopefully the reviewer understands the, the, the differences there, and most of them do, so it's not an issue. But I just feel like there should be, especially now where people are like, well, because this, whatever, this boost clocks from either the manufacturers, we're going to see what happens if the 900KS comes out. 5 gigahertz all cores, we're going to find out what that means, right? Does that really mean all cores and every single thing and an infinite mm-hmm. load? It's like, probably sure. not. I'm going to guess. I, I don't really think that thing will basically, you can run it for the like next five years and five gigahertz. And it's possible, but, you know, I, I would like to know what the guidelines are at least. Uh, Gordon, you set off a chat uh, in the, the chat, just like <laughs> imagining Wars, all these Star things Wars. that you can use for thermal paste, like uh, <laughs> avocado paste, uh, mayonnaise. It's uh, been no, uh, yeah. the, too yeah. much water content. Yeah, mm-hmm. Naga's asking uh, or Italian one, dressing. Naga's wondering how much um, conductive properties uh, a booger has. You know. Well, I think that's what Gordon was testing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, you know, I, I just think it should be. It's just there should at least be some understandings. There should be a little more transparency on what what exactly these mean. It would help everybody, I think. So, I mean, I think with this is like, yeah, it was what four point three seven five gigahertz. You know, that's yeah. well in Wall Street. You know, I was a business reporter for a couple of years way back in the day, and there were whisper numbers. So if somebody was coming out with their earnings and so forth, there would be some back-channel communication between the investors and the company as to what they should expect. Um, really? Which, that doesn't you know, violate FEC, SEC? It probably did, but, you know, back in the day, there was a lot of the stuff that went on. Um, so whether that stuff still goes on today, I'm not sure. But yeah, there were sort of whisper numbers back in the day. They just move a, they move a flower plant from the right they side of the... They would give you sort of a range. Yeah, sort of range. Good. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's from all the presidents, man. Oh, yeah? I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Flagging a flower plant. So, Perfect. I, I am curious. What is chat saying? What is their feeling on all this? Uh, yeah, you know, not, not, people aren't uh, too salty, uh, in here right now. Uh, I think people are just kind of, you know, talking about, hey, here's, here's what people, uh, have been, have been having on the, the tests, like hardware and box and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, no, nobody's, nobody's really upset. How would you possibly get that? too upset. They're not upset that they, they got it or they're not upset that they didn't get it in the first place? Both. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Chad is very tame today, even though Gordon is all up, uh, yeah, hyped I'm up. I'm trying to uh, energize think, people here. Yeah, I would have, I would have thought that there would be more ABBA memes. I mean, you know, it's the yeah, 1003 seriously. ABBA. And there's no, no. I looked on AMD, Reddit AMD, and there's not, not a whole lot there. And I was kind of disappointed by all that. I just think we're us. just, yeah, well, you know. just too old now. Like I guess they so. just don't know what the kids just don't know their disco references. I guess not. Yeah. Well, I think there was a musical. It's probably just not the demo. So, yeah. I, but again, I, I just, you know, I, and then, you know, here we are, look, a week later from you know, the full freak out to like, okay, it's not even a big thing. Well, maybe you shouldn't have had the full freak out a week ago. You know, that's the like, normal news cycle that everybody freaks out and then everybody just relaxes. <sighs> Unless I, it's Microsoft. 
Yeah, I just, I just don't know. I just. So, Gordon, I do have a question for you because I don't pay as much attention to this as you do, and you have way more history, obviously. I mean, for for it to explode with sentiment a week ago, and then for them to release something like what a week later, does that mean that they are able to really fix it that quickly, or are they already kind of aware of this and they're already fi- working on a fix? I have no idea. That's a really fast turnaround in my mind. It's a really good question. I have no idea. <laughs> and if you, the kind of crowd that likes their jump to conclusion is they were saying <laughs> jump to conclusion. They did this in the first place because of long term <gasps> reliability issues, concerns. So they were kind of aware of that. That was a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. The conspiracy theory is, and I hate to even repeat it, but the conspiracy theory is. They know running it this hard, this long, for this many parts is going to lead to higher failure rates. So we're going to slowly crank things back a little bit. And then, of course, that was the full freak out. And then, like, we go back. So if you were to go down that path of conspiracy theory, you'd say, like, well, if this was done for longevity, reliability issues over the long term, what happens now that you're no longer to crank these clocks back? This is mean reliability has gone worse. But again, that is conspiracy theories. They're unfounded. They have. They don't. We don't really know. We well, don't know. If, if we're lucky, maybe uh, somebody will give you a call on the phone. You know, uh, maybe maybe Lisa will, will give you a buzz. And, oh, right. I'll tell you one thing. You can meet in a parking garage somewhere. I didn't get my twenty-five megahertz. I called. Yeah, you called AMD Lisa, and I said, "Can I talk to your manager?" <laughs> and then they're like, and they, and they sent you straight. They're to Lisa. back. They're like, "What?" It's like, "I give me another Big Mac." What? This guy, he wants to talk about a penny? And then the manager comes out. She got the hat on. She's like, whoa, what's up? It was, what was wrong? We put a rat in your burger or something. It's a penny? You're, you're making all this over a penny? Just give him a penny. What's up with this? Waste all this time over a penny? Yeah, but what if they got in that little water container thing that you, like, drop pennies in to, like, get on the little platforms? And they're like, oh, we got to get you one out of there. What? You know those little those little games. You know, do they not have those anymore? Oh, where it's just like a, a little game. like aquarium with a full of water, and then it has like little platforms, and you drop coins in it, and you got to like try to land it on the platform, and if you do, you get like a free burger. You guys oh. never seen that? Yeah, no. yeah. I've not I've yeah. not seen the free burger one, but I've seen wow. the one that's even dumber, huh. which is the one. It's the big machine that you just give them quarters for, and like, what what are you doing? I put the quarter in here, and then maybe. Maybe if I'm lucky, after I put in 50 quarters, enough of those quarters will push one quarter out. You've seen those, oh, right? They those, just yeah, like right. Yeah. Now, actually, man, when what I was... What game is that? When I was young, uh, yeah, so, so somebody said, uh, Takeshi says uh, it was a Taco Bell thing, uh, for sure. Uh, and uh, I remember, I think McDonald's uh, had the big, like, funnel thing where you would put the coin in and it would just, like, go in, loop around, 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 oh, around, yeah. and go down. Yeah, and then I used to, at some point when I was older, I realized that if you just, like, reached your hand in right at the end and got your coin again that you can do it again wow that is yeah. totally wrong adam because it's usually for a good cause it is it's like saint vincent de paul or something and unlike those stupid little things where you just stack your quarters up and give the casino more money this is actually uh you know you get entertainment in physics watching that quarter go down he, oh, just, wanted so to, fun. he just wanted to get more mileage out of it yeah no I, i'm not i'm not i still i still no, let the the it. thing have the quarter no. at the end you know but i just did it a couple times yeah it's clearly friday yeah. it's clearly friday <laughs> uh well should we should we talk about windows i mean there's not we should because apparently yeah. there's not that much outrage from our group on I, a friday you know i mean there's some but yeah i you know pe- people have amd they lot, lots of people are, well, are happy with their and we talked to the manager so oh and we talked to the manager <laughs> i think everyone's you know it'll, it'll work itself out uh <laughs> i want to hear about the search the search thing in Windows. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. saw oh, yeah. that. Yeah. This, this is breaking Windows news. Oh, whoops. Literally oh, breaking yeah. ah, Windows. I, bro- I just broke Not just breaking Windows oh, news, right. but you yeah. literally broke Windows. All right, tell us about it, Mark. Yeah, so a week ago or so, there was a problem where some users were reporting spikes, CPU spikes associated with Windows search. So you type in a, a request or something of that sort, or you just have Windows search open and your CPU would, would, would go up. Um, the problem was is that it was only for a certain amount of people who had actually turned off the ability for Windows search to search the Internet, uh, which 
I don't do, but people have. It was easier actually in previous Windows releases, but uh, it's a little bit more difficult now. And so, I mean, I don't know how many people were affected by this. I would think that probably very few people would actually try to turn off Windows Search. But so, anyways, Microsoft said, okay, this is a bad thing. We're going to go ahead and release a patch to fix it. And they did, and the patch actually came out earlier than expected. It came out this earlier this week. Um, but the problem was is that we've now discovered that it breaks Windows Search. So on my machine, for example, <laughs> like I'll type in, I'm in the search bar and I type in, you know, whatever it might be, um, and all of a sudden the search bar just explodes. I mean, the, the, the search field explodes where the search bar disappears and all of a sudden I see suggested results come up and so forth. So Windows Search, at least on my machine, Windows Search still works. It's just that I can't actually see what I'm typing, which is fine if I'm typing in like Notepad, but if I'm typing in like, I don't know, expense report, blah, 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 and I can't actually see what I'm typing, then I get all this bunch of crap that I don't actually want. So apparently some people have seen issues where the start menu disappears or it says it's unable to be accessed. So Microsoft said, okay, we need to fix this. They're patching the patch, and that'll happen at some point in time. So, I mean, Microsoft, I mean, you know, it, to give them credit, they actually have a page where they talk about issues they're seeing. They actually talk about what they're doing to fix it, and that's fine. In this case, it just you know it's embarrassing. It's it's just you know patching the patch is never a good look. So. Uh, do you think it's? I always wonder because it, it's a bad look. It makes it always shakes people's confidence. They almost always go back and fix it, but oh, it, yeah. it it does make you wonder like how did you this get out? Did you do any testing at all? Isn't that always a thing yeah. that's sort of like that bubble? That pops well, up. that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing, right? So we've had issues where we had, you know, 1809, 1903, and they've said, oh, we screwed up. We're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. And that's sort of what we're looking at in terms of 19H2, the upcoming, I guess, October release is what we're going to call it, um, where they said basically that this is going to be a patch release. There's going to be just fixes and optimizations. We're going to take care of you. This is not going to happen again. And then, you know, things break. And then all of a sudden people go, ah. Microsoft, what are you doing? And that's, you know, it's inevitable. Sure, things break, but, man, it's just, you know, it's it's just not a good look. But, I mean, isn't this kind of just the reality now that they're treating the it operating is. system as a service and not as, like, a product that has to be shipped, like, fully formed? I yeah, I mean, you're... Well, you're always going to have yeah. You no, know, no, is right. You're always going to have issues that crop up, and you're always going to have to patch them. But except you're doing this in real time, and you're doing it publicly. So, you know, when you're when you're talking about a CD that's shipping to people or a DVD that's shipping to people, yeah, you can get these things sort of taken care of behind the scenes. But now everything's right out in the open. I guess I wouldn't call it service because we're still paying for. It. You know, well, some but, of us. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have no, to pay for don't a go service, down Gordon. Yeah. Don't go down that road. So. But I mean, sort of like, and some services are free, so, so payment has them. nothing to do with it. No, because look, here's the thing: PG&E power out here in the West Coast, PG&E water, cable, that's a service. Library also yeah. a service. No, but that's pay for the government. I pay the government; they pay the library, sort of. So, <laughs> in this case, Microsoft is subsidizing. But, no, but look, if I if I'm like a regular person, I go out and buy Windows Home for ninety nine dollars. I buy it once. I can use that till the end of time, right? That's not really a service. That's a product. Well, no, I think it's a service mm. because you're signing an agreement, yeah, right? Basically, you have right. a lifetime yeah. subscription. I'm, yeah, but that's also, I mean, it's the same thing with video games. Even though you're buying a video game, even if it's a disc, you still don't necessarily own that game, especially if it connects to the internet. You got to get the patches, you know, all the DSC. Like, if it's an online connected game, like, you're paying for the right to use it. It's not just the physical thing anymore. But you're really stressing the definition of service at that point. Like no, you for paid, me, you basically paid for like a lifetime subscription. Essentially, I mean, it's no mm. different than when I paid seventy five dollars for for Plex during the last sale. Now I have a lifetime subscription to Plex. We yeah, we, but if Plex goes to Plex too, you don't. I mean, yeah. Well, see, that's why. That, so again, so if we go to Windows eleven, then right. it'll change. Mm-hmm. What, what if it goes to yeah. Windows 20 Super? No, but so like this is an Electro Voice microphone. It costs what? Yeah, Four hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. Yep. Is it a service? No, we just bought the thing. Well, but, but you also don't get I upgrades could be. on it. it could yeah. be a service. You're not getting upgrades on it. It's not changing its feature set. It's also, it's, hard, it's hardware it's based. It's not. No, it's hardware. It's not update. software. But I, I just don't think to me like a service is a monthly service. I'm servicing 
this. You obviously have never bought a lifetime subscription to anything. <laughs> I know, right? I've never... I just don't really... That's not a service, though. You're just buying it once, and they give you updates. Yeah, here, here we go. Here's a good... Uh, Scott uh, in the chat says, you are buying the use of the software, not mm-hmm. buying the software. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that, US, if that mic right there was a USB mic, and for some reason that USB mic put limitations on your ability to stream and charge you four ninety five a month on oh, it. Oh, God. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. a horrible consideration, yeah. but that's, that's mic as a service. I just don't, I just don't honestly <laughs> oh, believe that. <laughs> mic as a service. Uh, I wish we had oh, episode titles. So oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't give uh, CPU companies an idea. Yeah, don't. Yeah, Mark. Remember no. upgrades? I don't know. Remember the upgrade? No. There was a, Intel actually floated an upgrade idea at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, did anybody remember this? Probably not. No. no. Huh? So the idea was like, hey, you buy this, uh, they're low end. You buy this Celeron or Pentium, whatever, mm. and oh, you need to unlock more cash? Go to the store, uh, buy this Intel car. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. They actually tried this for a very, very short period. You put that long code in, it unlocks more cash. <laughs> oh, so basically it triggered the same feelings in people that DLC did originally when they first started doing that for games. I think it just sort of spoke to that age where <laughs> basically AMD had basically just like vanished between. Be- below the surface of the ocean and they're like looking around like what the hell else have we got to do well why don't we just i'm sure the idea was like why don't we just make a, a, a quad core cpu just put them in everybody's hands and then you can just pay for the level you want actually you know what i do remember that i want i want a quad core i'm gonna unlock it and i'm sure that i made do remember sense that. at one point to somebody of course the reaction was as expected and it went away it was just simply a short-term thing well, but also, is that you're, CPU you're, you're, service? But you're buying what? So you're buying an eight core CPU. You know, like the, then they have to manufacture all the high ends and then limit them to sell to the lower end people. Like uh, pro- manufacturing, well, I don't think it works too. Right? I don't think it's the same, Gordon. Sorry, I'm completely walking yeah, over no, what you fine. just said, yeah, yeah. but I'm just mulling what you just said, Gordon. And I don't think it's the same because you're talking about a finite fixed product. And you're basically talking about upgrading like the model that you have. But as someone, the person in chat pointed out, when you talk about, you know, Windows as a service, you're talking about being able to use it, which is not the same as like having a fixed product that you can either have access to some of it or none of it. So if if I buy a retail copy of Windows for $129 or $99 on Newegg or Amazon, Mm. what's to stop me from... To, from using it i can go i can uninstall it i can blow that machine away i can put it sure. on another machine that's not you a service sh- is it well windows is see here's the thing windows is right now is a service but what microsoft would love to get to is windows as a subscription we're not there yet consumers the last holdout but enterprise is it you know on the enterprise side on the educational side you're paying annual fees you're paying service contracts um you're seeing obviously with the, the end of windows 7 which is expected in january 2020 you're seeing reports that microsoft's going to provide additional support for an additional fee um that's the whole premise behind office that's the whole premise behind on the Xbox, Microsoft wants you to budget in X amount of dollars for its services every year. And then once you do that, once you become habituated to it, just like your your analogy with the uh, with PG&E, right? PG&E, you know you're going to have an energy bill every month. You don't necessarily know what it is, but you know you're going to have to allocate 150 300 bucks, whatever it might be, to gas and electric or just electric. You know, if you're budgeting in that amount of money per year for some sort of tithe to office or to Microsoft, <laughs> right? Tithe. Sorry. Okay. Your subscription price. <laughs> or what your subscription price. I mean, that's what Microsoft wants to get in the habit of doing. Right now, we don't do that on Windows on the consumer side of things because people would freak the F out, and rightfully so. But they you, know, you know that they would want to go again and do that. So hey, I don't know. At some, yeah, at some point in time. But here, I guess the thing because, is to me, like I think yeah. like, look, Creative Cloud, Adobe Creative Cloud. No, I get what you're that saying. That is software as right. service or subscription. Really, that's right. Service as service means it's a subscription, right? And they're giving you features. But Microsoft you is giving this OS you, to you for five dollars. You, you can subscribe for to something fifteen years, but you can subscribe to something for free or for a low rate or for like a flat rate. So just because you're being billed monthly doesn't change the yep. fact that it's a subscription or sorry, a service. Want- if you want to pay more for OneDrive, you're paying a little bit per month. Two ninety nine, five ninety nine. That's, that's a subscription, right? Sure is. So, absolutely. I mean, really, what exactly is a service then? 
somebody provides. And you don't pay a monthly fee? Yeah, but you don't or, have to yeah, pay a monthly fee. It doesn't have to fee. be a monthly fee. You can pay no, it huh? yearly. You can pay it as a lump sum. So you pay $5 for your copy of Windows the way you do, and you use that for five years, you would consider that software service? Well, yeah, like... Windows 10 yes, is a course. software service, yes, because yeah, they're exactly. constantly changing the features. They're not doing that with Windows 7. When Windows 7 launched, it pretty much was baked as it was. Like, mm. some of the service packs did, like upgrade a little bit but it's not like a fundamental shift pack those were updates right uh, hey, so Mark, sure. uh, yeah, what's got, you know, <laughs> speaking of Windows road, 10, yeah, what's coming Mark, up? What can we expect blowing. in the rest of 2019 sure, from, uh, from right. Windows 10? So right now, we're looking at 19H2. Uh, 19H2 is, was typically uh, another 10. feature pack um, and what we've been to in the past where Microsoft started with Windows 10 and they started with a creator's update the anniversary update and so on and so forth is they had these really huge aspirations for Windows where they're going to talk about mixed reality they're going to talk about well I mean these are the days of Windows Phone obviously um, you know they had they're going to put all these cool new features in to facilitate things again like 3D printing and so forth well you know those have kind of been like tailored, tapered down, brought back down to reality. And so they said, especially with the issues associated with 1903, that 19H2, which is due sometime in October, was going to be about essentially, as we're talking about, service pack is going to be about optimizations. It's going to be about patches. And we're not going to see as many new features. And then the big feature release, so to speak, although we haven't really seen anything as far as, well, we haven't seen too much as far as that's concerned, was going to be 20H1, which typically rolls out around April or so uh, of 2020. So for right now, what we're looking at for 19H2, and also we should mention that there is a Surface launch coming up in the beginning of October where we're going to see new Surface hardware, but probably we're going to see more of a formal rollout for 19H2 because Microsoft now all of a sudden wants to go ahead and present Surface hardware in the context of Office and Windows and various things. Um, so what we're going to see there is probably some a couple of new features, but there's really not a whole lot to talk about. So right now what we're talking about, I mean, the big one, and this is, not that big uh, is the fact that you can now put like third-party assistance, aka Amazon Alexa, in the lock screen. Which so probably nobody here, including myself, actually has their lock screen enabled with Cortana. So Cortana, what that does is it basically turns a laptop into a smart speaker. So you can go ahead and put a laptop over in the corner of your room. You can have Cortana uh, enabled for the wake word and then you say it and then you can ask Cortana whatever you want or talk to it and schedule appointments or whatever it might be. Now you can do that with Alexa as well. Um, I know nobody really cares about such things, but you know, if you don't actually have a smart speaker and you have Alexa, uh, or sorry, if you don't actually have a smart speaker, but you have a laptop, um, you know, you save yourself what 39 bucks on an echo dot or whatever it might be. So, that's one feature. Uh, but then it really just gets into sort of patches and optimizations. I mean, um, stuff that people don't necessarily care about. Windows 10S, which apparently isn't dead. Now you can use Win32 apps. Um, you can better notify, you have notifications or better managers. You have uh, latency, reduced latency on inking. The one interesting thing uh, that might be of relevance to our audience is the fact that now you can have... Uh, a rotation policy amongst favorite cores on a CPU. So, you know, now we have, you know, especially with, say, Intel, for example, you have one or two, or AMD, you have one or two cores that are sort of specified or understood to be able to clock, you know, to, 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 to clock up high. These are your, your, your preferred clock, your preferred single core CPU uh, cores. And now, apparently, there's a rotation policy, which I guess means that you would identify two or three or possibly four and then shift your workloads amongst those cores to better optimize, better, to better, um, I guess, extend the lifespan of the CPU is, is what, what they're talking about here. That's how they're pitching it as a life, lifespan extension or more of a... Yeah, they, uh, yeah, that's, they actually really haven't said too much, but they're talking, yeah, I guess they're talking about better performance and reliability. So reliability translates in longevity. So that's really about it for right now for 19H2. So, I mean, you're not going to see a whole lot, but for a lot of people, that's a good thing because, you know, they don't want a feature release, which is going to come into the market and all of a sudden break their PC, which is what we've seen with the, the recent update and so forth. So, um, you know, 
I think that some people will say, hey, we want more features. On the other hand, people are going to say, all right, thank God it's not going to require a lot of changes. So, I mean, that's what that's where we're at for 19H2. Now, for 20H1, we get into a little bit more in terms of features. But again, we're not talking about anything true dramatic, um, which from my standpoint gives me less to test. Um, I like sort of playing with new features. Um, the other aspect that's sort of in the background of this is sort of what Elena mentioned earlier, which is the fact that services and Windows apps more and more are actually being developed independently. So you're seeing things like um, the Power Toys uh, app, which we've uh, written about recently, which actually allows you to uh, better um, optimize Windows Snap. Instead of doing it just in halves of the screen or corners, you can now do rows or columns or actually create your own custom layout. So that's that. So as far as 20H1 is concerned, um, Here's the quick rundown. So you've got uh, a new tablet experience for uh, 2-in-1 PCs. Again, that's something that people use a whole lot because I'm not sure how many people actually detach their tablets. But if you do, instead of getting sort of a tile interface, you're getting something that looks a little bit more like your traditional desktop interface, just with more spacing between the sort of the uh, uh, the icons in your taskbar. Um, if you want, and I'm not sure why you would, um, you can actually, instead of if you're resetting your PC, instead of resetting it from a, a partition, or from a you know a file on your PC, you can actually just download the whole thing again. Um, it's like four or five gigabytes if you've got you know high speed broadband. Sure, you might want to do that. I don't know. The interesting thing for me um, is the new terminal app and the Windows subsystem for Linux too. Um, yeah. I am not a huge Linux user. I know Brad is a little bit more than myself. So for me, it's always been a case of I don't experience the upgrades and the advantages as much as other people might but if you are a linux user and i have played with it a little bit it looks really nice um it's just a it's just a it's just a more optimized version it simply shows that microsoft really now cares as much about linux as it does about windows um the windows terminal app just you know it's just it's it's just a it's it's it's, it's a pleasure to use um so there's that um and then everything else just kind of gets uh real minor really quick i mean you know windows inc leads to the light whiteboard app i mean you can add events from your your calendar flyout which is something that's sort of actually creeping into the stable version of windows just because again these things are sort of de uh, developed independently so at this point in time it's really kind of quiet on the windows front um but again some people might see there's a plus there's also the you can monitor your gpu clocks now right is that yeah the, you can that's right that's a 1903 yeah. you know you know what's weird i don't know if maybe it's a configuration problem i have on my end but uh not every game shows up in the uh device manager i'm not not device manager um programs no, in the like, because I, I almost always bring up the task manager. Like, I, for some reason, I just I always have it running. Uh, and yeah, not not all the games report usage on the task manager. Like, sometimes I'll tab away from a game and it just shows zero. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. Side note. Uh, and also, uh, Mark, we have some people in the chat who would love to talk to you about Linux. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 hey, I have a I have a huge amount of respect for people that actually use Linux. It's just not something that I've that have had to be that's that have the time to play around with as much as they have. And um, I, it's it's yeah. I mean, I, I I welcome any sort of comments. Sort of hit me up on Twitter and so forth. Um, if you've got anything that you'd like to see tested or something of that sort, please let me know. Uh, I do have a question, uh, Paul. Going back to the the CPU core stuff, uh, is asking how do you know which core is your favorite? That's a great question. I don't know. Well, <laughs> if you have uh, if you have a Intel recent Intel uh, processor or a recent AMD processor, if you install either Ryzen ma monitor or uh, Intel actually has this Turbo Boost monitor tool, whatever, and it'll actually show you which of the cores is the favorite core, favorite core, which is you know the best. They Intel's done this on the previous Skylake X for a while now, and and it just identifies which core will hit the highest clock. Mm. So you don't just pick one and just say, like, you no, know what, that one's my favorite. I like that it one. It changes, <laughs> yeah, it changes, it changes from every die, uh, and they identify it at the factory, and AMD does that as well. In fact, they identify best core and then second best core kind of stuff. If you install Ryzen Master, you'll see it's that weird circle star thing that isn't oh, okay. that clear. And then also in the Intel 
turbo boost monitor tool you can actually it's actually kind of cool you can say like hey um if i'm running this application i want this to always be tied to this core the best core so then it basically gives you your highest clocks Mm. you know even sometimes above you know turbo sometimes cool i like it uh the Linux thing, do you think that's a play for developers? Cause I, I was I, just about to ask that. Because it does feel like that's the one thing that mm. we work in San Francisco, so for yeah, God's so, sake, everybody So has many of my friends who are programmers, I mean, almost universally, they use MacBooks. And it's because yeah. they can use the terminal app. Yeah, and it's All interesting, right? I mean, that's. I wonder if that's enough to sort of sway people to, to go back and win it. Because you know, PCs used to be a, a big development tool, but it seems like a lot of that's been lost to Apple. Because of that, that BSD advantage, right? It's, it's BSD. They're not Unix. People get angry about that still? No? Okay. <laughs> no, but I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's definitely a play for developers, and you're right. I mean, everyone that I know in the development community uses a Mac. Um, whether that's Shift or not, I don't know. Um, it's a question, actually. I mean, if, if people are in the chat and they are uh, they have a thoughts about Linux, that's probably their, they're probably more qualified to answer that question than I am. I li- you know what I really like is that idea of turning it into a smart home speaker because it really and it's funny because if you think about it because if you have a laptop like this right and then you're at home you just fold it this way put it on your counter and if it's basically asleep or low you know a low power state and it wakes up when you say you know amazon buy me 400 rolls of toilet paper then (laughs) then you know that's 400 yeah 400 because a lot of people do use it to answer questions and it's just there is a pretty big advantage to having it a 13 or 15 inch I'm just wondering if Smart they're monitor, right? planning to. I mean, I agree with that. I'm just wondering if they're planning to expand it beyond Alexa, like to Google ecosystem. I don't think Google, but what I would like to see. I mean, it's interesting because what we what do we have uh, recently? Google has announced, and isn't Alexa and Alexa's or Amazon's announced too? I mean, we've seen smart speakers with screens on them, um, so you're able to watch YouTube and so forth. Um, we don't really have that capability quite yet, to my knowledge, on the lock screen. I mean, you can't actually open. I don't think you can open a YouTube video uh, by asking Cortana to do so. But I mean, I th- think we can see a future where that would happen. Uh, which would add value to the PC space. So, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, or maybe it was sooner than that, I'm sorry, uh, we saw some products from Lenovo. They had uh, mm-hmm. a little right. dock that you could take a tablet. They were like, hey, you know, when you're not using a tablet, it usually just lays there. Yep. Uh, and they had a little dock. You plug it in, it, it connects it to a speaker, uh, and then it enables you to be able to use it as like a smart home uh thing. Yeah. Like it, it would wake with keywords. I think they both they had both a Google and an Alexa version. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those capabilities that Microsoft puts into Windows and nobody actually takes advantage of. But you know, it's there. It's cool. Um, you know, it's an option if you want it. No one uses it. Absolutely no one. Yeah, <laughs> must right. be the most disappointing stat ever. How many people use Cortana today? Uh, five. That like, can't be right. There's like a billion people who use this operating system. <laughs> Cortana gets used. I don't really know how many other features, like some of the features they put in, like the mixed reality stuff, uh, 3D Builder. I'm sure they had no ticket at all. I'm just thinking, like, I think I've used this joke before, but not here. So it's like, Cortana. Yeah. Yes, sir. What? Go get a, Go get Alexa. Oh, and, th- and then leave the room now. Oh, okay. Alexa, yeah. 400 rolls of toilet paper. Uh, Cortana could have done that for you. It doesn't matter. I don't want to ask well, that's, Cortana that's to do what that. You, that's, that's what you say. You actually use the hey Cortana, and then you actually say launch Alexa. <laughs> hey, Cortana, go and get Alexa oh, so God. I can do Are something serious, I care Mark? about. Yeah. That's like how Google does some of its stuff, and it's uh, terrible. I can do that, that well, they, they all, they they all do, do that. Yeah, I can do that, sir. I can do that, too. I, I No, no, no. We'll let Alexa do it. Why does Alexa get to do everything? <laughs> uh, any anything else on Windows 10, or should we get to some questions before Elena has to turn into a pump? Right, right. Let's go yeah. questions. Uh, questions. So let me switch it over here. Uh, we get a question uh, from the YouTube chat. Original Aimer. Uh, do you think NVIDIA and AMD make updates secretly worse for older cards, or is it just the video cards like GTX versus RTX? Conspiracy. Wait, wait, Conspiracy. So can you read that again? Do yeah. You, well, really, really. Do, do you think NVIDIA and AMD make updates secretly worser? He did does say for worser older for older cards. No, I don't think they. No. I don't think they consciously do that because you could get any serious, serious trouble doing that if people busted you doing that. At the same time, 
as we know with all things, ask anybody with an Android phone, only new things get the love. So mm-hmm. old things don't get the same amount of love. In fact, you could argue that the amount of love you get from older AMD and Nvidia cards is way better than what you get on mobile. Yep. Mobile is like, oh, you're done? Get out of here. You're dead. Yeah, right? Right. I mean, you're immediately just like cast off into the snow. So I think it's actually, I think it's untrue. I think it, but I do believe you're going to like, hey, we need to get better ray tracing performance or better this performance or better that performance and that's going to go into the brand new product so that's probably how it looks at the same time those older products they probably don't have much room left right it's not like you're going to suddenly magically make it go 50 percent faster that's not going to happen those things are pretty mature products so i, I think Shell the conspiracy theory. Okay, there we go. That's uh, been solved uh, from the Discord. Uh, we had a nice, I had a nice chat with uh, Bearded Savage, which is, I don't think it's Brad. Uh, <laughs> somebody else called Bearded Savage. Uh, and uh, I had I had them put it in the question section here. It's, it's a little long, but I, I think we'll like it. Uh, they have a friend who wants to play uh, Borderlands 3, which just came out today, I think, um, on console, but he's trying to convince his friend to play it on PC. Uh, his friend is running an i5-4460 with a GTX 1060 3 gig and 16 gigabytes of DDR3. His friend is not, obviously not a huge PC gamer, but has access to it. Uh, so the Bearded Savage uh, was looking at the minimum specs for Borderlands 3, and it says an i5-3570, so under, and a GTX 680, so under. Uh, but uh, in my experience, minimum specs are usually... Bull honky. Do you have insight on what kind of an experience a low-end gamer would have in a new title like this without upgrading? I would say that's not bad because you're looking at basically what a well, bummer is you don't have HT. So it's a Haswell vintage CPU. There's no hyperthreading, so quad core, which is honestly whatever, still great. And you're getting a 1060. 1060. Gig. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's still a very serviceable game machine very nice i would say you know i I haven't played borderlands so i don't know what the how 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 hard they swing the fences but you know i'm sure you're going to get solid 1080p performance you know you might not be able to run it ultra but it's entirely possible you can because you'd be surprised at how a lot of games really don't push it that hard because they they want they don't want to leave people behind they want more players so i i would bet you'd be you'd be the performance would be way better than a console an older generator Generation. I know you were going to say. No, but it's true, right? You're looking, at, you're looking at a quad-core, no HT Haswell with a 1063 gig versus old school. Unless it's like a... But the, don't forget the consoles. I mean, they get closer, as they say, they, they get closer to the metal. They're able to optimize much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Just yeah. saying. Uh, what so, console is that? Oh, never mind. Also, in general, though, you know, I think this does beg a bigger question. You know, like most of the PC games that come out have a, a minimum spec. And then a recommended spec, uh, kind of thing. Right. But I, you know, I, has anyone have had an experience like hitting any of those min specs? I, I, I feel like we've always all been above minimum specs. Well, like, we're, cause we're it, lucky like that, but we're different. We live a different world. Yeah. Definitely down a min spec. It's, it's not pretty, but at the same time, if you don't know what it looks like running at 4K ultra 144 hertz, then it's, it's fine, you know, so I think it's kind of. Kind of depends on the game. If it's a real choppy game, then you'll want to be probably at the recommended specs versus the min specs. But if it's consistently frame rate, then you could probably be closer to the min specs, I would imagine. Yeah. True. Okay. Uh, so the next question is from Mogo. Uh, will the upcoming Intel 9900KS be like AMD's FX9590 uh, fail dozer? I don't know. Oh, is um, it fail? Mm. I don't know. I'm going to guess it won't be that hard. It won't be that tough because 9900K was so close to 5 gigahertz all cores anyway. And you figure they've just been saving these better bin parts. These are just super, super refined, saved bin parts. I don't think it's going to be as bad as that, that FX. That FX part was. And yeah. honestly, given what just happened with AMD and their rec- uh, their advertised, you know, boost clocks and all of that, I really don't think Intel would make the mistake of releasing a part that. Well, especially didn't... after Intel called them out. Too, yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like that would be really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that would be what you call. Yeah, I mean, as much as I think you you don't, it's not a big deal, no matter what, if it's four point nine 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 gigahertz. Right, but I mean, if you make if it, you yeah. have come out swinging at AMD for only yeah. short for shorting you that two pennies then yeah then you deserve to be dumped on too so. uh, i, I mean the, pr- the price of the ks might make it irrelevant anyways i mean 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. That's... Oh, well, we don't know, though, right? I mean, there's no, some... We we'll have have no idea. There's some theories that Intel's going to like, hey, you know what? We're going to do what you wanted and cut prices finally, right? There's... That's... I don't know if that's true or not. People that's, say that every time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just wishful thinking at this point. I don't believe it because I don't think they have enough parts. They... I mean... You have a you ha- they have a supply constraint. So what are they going to do? They can't they can't lower prices to on parts they, they don't they have enough. They can't do a fire on. sale on it. No, so I don't I don't think they're going to do it. I I think that's just in a bad. They're just stuck till they get ten nanometer working in a in a reasonable yield, right? So, but no, I don't think that's going to be that FX part was was not a good part. <laughs> was not a good part. Okay, uh, the next one is from. Uh, Oh, I don't even need to know how to say this. CGFU. All right. Uh, would would love to hear the full nerd team's thoughts on the future of PC audio and games and applications. For reference, one of the things that many missed in the upcoming Call of Duty Modern Warfare release was an update to COD's audio engine that will incorporate a ray-traced audio system that will enhance fidelity on the sound side uh, and add a performance cost, presumably so. Unreal Engine 4 also has a similar audio rendering integration developers can leverage. What does each member of the podcast team expect as the next big breakthrough in PC audio? Nobody will care. <laughs> I just, I, that's unfortunate. We thing. will care. No, we I mean, nobody care. Ca- I care. We is, will care. You will care an and you will care. Yes. I'm pointing at Adam and Gordon. Yeah. Um, but I think the rest of us are pretty pedestrian in our preferences for audio. And as long as we're well, able to board. tell that I'm being shot at from that direction, right. I'm good. I don't even think people can... <laughs> can they, you do ray-traced audio? I mean, ray, audio is a wave, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's how well, they calculate the yeah, directions. It's yeah, how they calculate so. the physics, like, interacting with the space itself. Uh, yeah, that's fine. It, you know, so... I like the idea, and it's been played a couple of few times. I don't know how anybody can do this at this point without, I mean, without getting sued, because... You know, Creative Labs, basically, when all the sound card companies kind of went away to die, they almost, like, all the IP went to, to Creative. They, I have a, I have a hard time believing you can do a lot of 3D audio on PC without violating a, a, a Creative patent and then getting yourself in court. So I don't, I don't think you can do it. Hmm. But, you know, maybe it's something, it would be great if, I, I keep hearing rumors that Microsoft cares about audio again. They killed, you know, Direct Sound 3D a long time ago. I, I would hope that they would care again, but. I mean, ray-traced audio to me sounds like the interaction of objects. So, for example, if you had, like, you know, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption, right? So you hit, you model the hoof, and the hoof hits a cobblestone, or it hits the dirt, and you have different sound, you have different uh, audio, um, which sounds great in concept, but like Elena says, I mean, I, it just, it sounds like overkill. I mean, it sounds like... Uh, Sacrificing CPU resources that could be used somewhere else. Well, no, because that that exists. Uh, it's it's more about how it propagates through the space. So if that right, if sure. that hoof hits a you know a uh, a concrete you know floor, but then you have wood off to the side, you know, or or you right. have like right. corrugated steel or something, you know, like it's it's how it propagates through the space. Sure. Uh, is, but my other point. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, is, I mean, you have like you know, uh, if you have a, a forest scene, uh, you you the, the light you know f- moves through, light basically moves to the forest reflects off woods you know c- goes through leaves and so forth i mean that's all ray tracing i mean to do that where you have individual leaves rustling against each other again just seems like it's just a waste of resources well i i don't think i personally don't think that would be a waste of resources i i think it'd be awesomeness yeah me too and of course the argument like well the cpu needs to do something you know what 90 percent of games the cpu sitting there reading a newspaper while the gpu's <laughs> doing all the work so i say make that that cpu do some more work it's just unfortunately most developers you know you're doing this game you've been doing it for three years you want to get rid of the damn thing you just want it to go away do you think they're going to say like hey let's spend resources for an advanced audio engine that only five percent of the people who buy this game can actually run and then only two percent of them will actually appreciate and pat you on the back for it's just like no. It's always like you know what yeah. you need to start working on this new texture. For but this we could people see people just care about uh, flashy visuals. You we know? could see something yeah, cool right. though, like uh, from like indie game developers, where it is like a game that's more based on like audio cues. Like that no one would. Yeah, buy it. I know. I'm saying, but that's why it's an indie game. Like you don't need to have a huge audience for it to to take off with a certain group of people. Yeah, 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 yeah it would be awesome, right? I think it'd be cool. Game. 
Uh, My heart's been broken too many times. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Another one uh, from Dark Helmet. Uh, I have two interrelated questions. I'm reading that the RX 59, or, you know, actually, this is is a GPU question. Maybe I should hold on for Brad. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Master Procrastinator. Uh, What if we could mix and match architecture and processes from AMD and Intel? Can you, in theory, copy one from the other and create a better combination? In other words, if AMD Zen 2 could could use Intel's 14 nanometer manufacturing process, would we get higher clock speeds with Ryzen 3000? If Intel could make its CPUs on TSMC's 7 nanometer process, could they create a 16 core 5 gigahertz CPU? You want to take a shot at it, Mark? Um, <laughs> I could throw something <laughs> out there. I got a interesting question. Um, I mean, I mean, theoretically, you could go ahead and I mean, th- theoretically, Intel could build its CPUs on TSMC's processes. It would require some reengineering uh, because of that. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any limitations to Intel manufacturing its processors on somebody else's process, except for the fact that that's not the way Intel does business. Um, Intel owns its own fabs. It has, you know, everything optimized for its own fabs. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, it's theoretically possible. Gordon's face. No, no, I just, I just, Gordon's face. I mean, I understand in theory people like to ask that, but it, it's pretty much like a fantasy football league or like, or, or basically some form, someone where it's like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if Captain Picard started dating Deanna Troy in an episode, well, just like I guess, I, I it's possible, but no, it's just like it's not, it's not ever going to happen. I just, yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen. But I, I, in theory, I'd be interesting, I guess. But it's yeah, just a, it would be. I mean, a lot of what Intel does too is that had the reason they've had an advantage is because they own everything. Right. A lot of problems AMD has had in the past is they can't go like when they had Glowflow, they could say, hey, you need to do turn this knob a quarter of the way. Look, why are we going to do that? Well, because we're your boss, right? You don't own the fab. They can't say, hey, you know what? You're working on that NVIDIA chip. Why do you turn this knob this way? Because we need it. It's like, yeah, get in line, right? Intel goes down. They say, you turn this knob here. You turn that knob here. Next week, you're going to turn that knob there. They do it because they run everything. So that's sort of the magic of Intel. So. All right, last, Except that 10 last question so we can go. Well, we actually wanted to get to, to some of the uh, emailed ones. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of them they put in there and they emailed. Uh, okay. I'm assuming it's the same person because uh, it sounds like the same question. Uh, is Intel's acquisition of Jim Keller and Roger Kadori a gut punch to AMD, or could Dr. Lisa Sue dodge and jab? That's from Rabbi on Discord. Yeah, I think AMD is fine by itself. I mean, you know, with the the team that it's assembled there, Papermaster and so forth. Um, I, I think there's probably, you know, we we kind of tend to believe a little bit too strongly in personality driven. Um, you know, uh, team. I mean, you know, we look at uh, we're we're obsessed with sports. We look at the NBA. We look at professional football. We look at uh, you know key players and their impact upon the game and so forth. I mean, I, I think that there's there's some that that, that applies in. Uh, to some extent in CPU design as well. Um, but I think it's less so in terms of the actual architecture um, and then more along the lines of just leadership and direction uh, and then attracting talent as well. I mean, you know, I think people, if I'm a hot young chip designer and I want to look for a PC company, I'm obviously going to choose AMD or Intel or NVIDIA and I might want to decide, hey, do I want to work on a ray tracing piece of hardware? Do I want to work for a particular company with its benefits? Or, I mean, the other thing to factor in is, is, is do I want to work for a particular team with a to their leader. Um, and it could be Keller, or it could be uh, Lisa, or it could be anyone else, or Jensen, or something of that sort. Um, so I think those things factor in, but I don't think the fact that Raja leaving uh, for Intel necessarily means that AMD's in any deficiency. Um, I think also, too, I mean, remember, if I, if I remember correctly, um, at the time that Raja left for Intel, uh, I think there was some concern about the uh, performance of Vega at that, to- at that time, too. Um, and so, you know, if you look at Intel, for example, and just strictly with this GPU architecture, I think it's got a little bit something to prove as far as that regard is concerned. Um so, leaving, but in the meantime, you know, uh, AMD's GPUs are, you know, I mean, as Brad's written, they're considered to be sort of the top choices for like 1440p gaming and so forth. So, I don't think that AMD is necessarily deficient just by any particular executive leaving the company for Intel. Yeah, and I, I would agree, too. Same thing again, you know, they're not, there's, 
there's thousands of people that work at these companies, so it's mm-hmm. just coming on one person. But I think probably the bad news strategically, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, sure. is that for, and I think we've talked about it before, but for a company like Intel that has this huge legacy of we built it here, we built it the best decades, to bring in your enemies to now give you input on what you have been doing recently that shows that there is a philosophical change in management. It's just like, you know what? We're going to bring these 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 two folks in. They're going to tell us what to do. That's like, whoa. You know, institutional inertia is really hard to fight, so we don't know if it'll work. Yep. At the same time, it sort of says like Intel management's like, yeah, we need to shake it up and bring it in. That that sort of says like, you know, it they're they're when? serious about making some They're kind of change. They're very serious about Solid making point. changes, right? And I think that is probably more of the, the, the problem here for AMD because uh, Intel, that is, Intel's been very predictable for AMD, I think. I think an unpredictable Intel would be very bad for, for AMD. Mm. Agreed. Did you, uh, oh. how much time you get? Belinda. I gotta go. Oh, you gotta go. All right. Gotta go. We gotta go. All right. Sorry, everybody. Gotta go. Got gotta, to gotta go. Gotta go. So, if I can find my notes here. Notes time. Where are they? I don't know. Here we go. She's uh, Elena. I'm Mark. Oh, here we go. Check back next week for your fix. I know. It's a, I, like I read this every time. It's like, a, it's like 106 <laughs> times now. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Also, please leave us a, a review there every time you do. Uh, the Rebels throw another party on uh, the Rebel Moon. Uh, also, saying questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com. We know we got them. We're going to get to them next week, hopefully, when Brad's here. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Mark Hoffman. Thanks, guys. Elaine Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Uh, happy Friday the 13th. Full moon. Full moon. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, 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 oh. Micro moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good.